Hey guys, and welcome to my new podcast, Teacher Tech Tip Tuesdays, a weekly podcast where we'll discuss trends, techniques, tips, and troubleshooting. Each week, we will discuss various topics, issues, and trends in the world of technology, look at how we can use new information in our classrooms, and what our job exactly entails as educators in this technology-driven world. For the next several weeks, we will take a closer look at one aspect of educator responsibility when it comes to teaching digital citizenship to our students. Even though we grew up in an age where digital citizenship was only on the horizon, it is still our job to learn the rules and to teach our students how to be good citizens using this technology as well. This week, we will zoom in and focus a discussion on the important topic of copyright issues in the classroom and beyond. This topic will not only be important to know as educators using technology constantly in our own classrooms, but also to teach our students who are often streaming content, file sharing, and communicating on digital platforms. We will take a closer look at three scenarios and decide if copyright infringement has, take, has taken place. Scenario one, picture this. It's ACT Aspire testing week. The kids have worked hard on the test all morning and your administration has urged you not to teach new content and to give the kids a little break in the afternoons. Though it's tempting to pull up Disney Plus where you just purchased the premiere access so you can watch the new Raya movie. The question is, does this fall under a copyright issue? The answer is yes, unless you got written permission to use the streaming service and it was for educational purposes. According to the Barbara Fine article, just because you can doesn't mean you should. There are many issues that can arise when using streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon in an academic setting. On page 39, she states, it is important always to check such sites for user agreements and copyright information. School librarians must make students aware that they, the librarians, are providing the service only within the confines of the law. She goes on to say that it is equally important to model this behavior out loud so that students can learn how important it is to use the proper channels or to use free services when making their own productions. Though there are many streaming services available, even with educational content, educators must model the right behavior and only stream when permission is granted or rights are purchased. If we don't explicitly model and teach this process to our students, they run the risk of copyright infringement. It is our responsibility as educators to make sure our students understand the ramifications of breaking copyright laws. Scenario two. It's your favorite time of the year, reading Romeo and Juliet with your freshmen. It's in your textbook so you know that it's good to pass around for all to read. You decide that you want to supplement this work with a few pages from the end of the novel The Hunger Games to show how new authors are using old ideas, like the double suicide to show love at the end of the story, to bring their new fiction to life. But this work, you don't have a classroom set of, so you decide to make a PDF of several of the pages of the novel to share with your students via your Google Classroom. Have copyright laws been infringed upon? Well, to answer this one, we'll have to look at the Fair Use Act and four factors that it uses to decide if copyright law has been violated. According to an article by Rebecca P. Butler, The Nuts and Bolts of Copyright for School Librarians, these four factors are character of use, nature of the work, the amount of work used, and the effect on the marketplace. 
Character of use is how will the work be used? Entertainment? Is it for educational purposes? Etc. If it is for educational purposes, the excerpt may be okay to use. The second factor, which is nature of the work, examines if the work is fiction or nonfiction. Nonfiction texts have a much easier time passing this criteria, but fiction works generally have a more challenging time. So the fact that this is a work of fiction may provide problematic, be, provide problematic in this scenario. The third factor, amount of work used, is important. If you only provide a page or two of reading, it may be okay. A whole chapter or the part of the book that is the heart of the work could make it copyright infringement. The scene in question with the berries at the end of the novel may be considered part of the heart of the novel. The effect on the market factor is probably the most difficult one to decide. Will the use of the segment of this book affect sales of the book for the author? This is more challenging as The Hunger Games is getting up in age of production. But if you think sales of the books, if the sales of the books are still high, you have to leave it alone. With this crossing two and potentially three of the fair use factors, I would try to find a different supplemental example to read for this. Copyright laws may be infringed upon. Scenario three, as a culminating project for your civic students, you ask them to make an art project based on something they learned from the semester and publish the art piece online for all to see. One of your students uses photocopied material from the Declaration of Independence in their art piece and publishes it online. Has copyright law been infringed upon? Well, according to Butler's article that I mentioned earlier, it appears that documents like the Declaration of Independence fall under the category of public domain and would therefore not be considered a copyright infringement. The article states that any item in the, that is in the public domain, for example, federal documents, phone books, works that the authors have given up the rights to, items that can't be copyrighted, like scenery, works that have lost their copyright, works created before 1923, and works that no one claims, or orphan works, are all protected under public domain and would be usable by the student. Knowing that something is in the public domain is important. And showing students how to determine that and look up whether something is in the public domain or not is a very valuable skill for digital citizenship. There are many other rules and scenarios that we could look at, but we are out of time for this week. The fact that you're interested in copyright law at all and are willing to teach some of it to your students is a huge step in being and creating better digital citizens. In next week's edition of Teacher Tech Tip Tuesday, we'll discuss helping students understand their digital footprint and helping them learn about online presence. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a wonderful week.